are listening to audio from Faith Church, located on the north side of Indianapolis. If you'd like to check out more information about our church and ministry, please visit faithchurchindy.com. I'll be reading this morning from Proverbs 31. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, uh, she may be the most well-known and the most feared, the most admired, and the most hated woman in the Bible. Uh, She's almost certainly the most misunderstood. Uh, It's not Jezebel or Mary, the mother of Jesus. It's not Rahab. It's not Bathsheba. It is this woman, the superwoman of Proverbs 31. Now, when Amelia and I were looking at this passage together and I came across this image, I said, that woman looks like you. And she said, no, she does not. Don't say that about me. That's not true. But we did agree that that crying kid is definitely one of ours. Uh, Listen to this summary of this woman. She's wealthy. She manages a household of servants. She produces handcrafts for sale. She engages in business and merchandise and agriculture and real estate. She uh, teaches God's truth. She engages in charity. Uh, Her husband is respected and influential, and he and and their children praise her for all that she does and tell her that she is better than any woman that they could think of. And all the women said, that is exactly my life. Maybe not. You may just get tired looking at everything that this woman is trying to juggle. It is overwhelming. No wonder that many people dread hearing about this Proverbs 31 lady. This is an idealized wife. 
in an idealized society with an idealized family. It would be an overwhelming task for anyone to do all these things. And that's what commentators tell us too. This can't be read as a blueprint, one said, either for men to measure their wives against or for wives to try to live up to. And the text itself tells us that. First, it's in a poetic form. It's an acrostic. That means that each section, each verse, is a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's an intentionally organized catalog of virtues. We might say it's sort of the A to Z of biblical wisdom. And the passage has an intentional parallel similarity to hymns of praise, even hymns of praise to God, like Psalm 111, with uh, similar language of uh, of recognition and, and speaking of one's works and referencing a compassionate person who provides food for others and uh, the fear of the Lord is the focus. And, and then this vocabulary echoes kind of a, a heroic epic poem, an ode to a champion. In the Hebrew in verse 10, that uh, excellent wife is literally a woman of valor which sounds like the mighty men of valor in the book of Judges. Her strength is lauded. Uh, when he talks about her having uh, no lack of gain, it's, it's the same word for plunder or spoils. And when he says she surpasses them all in verse 29, it's, uh, it's picturing a victorious triumph. That, that woman of valor phrase is significant uh, because it comes up again in the book of Ruth that we're going to look at in the coming weeks. Except there it's applied to a poor, widowed, childless foreigner. So it's not just for wives or mothers or Israelites or even women. What about the women who aren't married? What about the women who don't have children or can't have children? Or, or what about men? What about people who don't have resources and wealth and servants? Is, is this applicable to them? Yeah, what is this person then? What, what is she doing here? This character is the fulfillment. It's the summary of everything that Proverbs has been telling us up to this point. We've heard about wisdom in relationships, wisdom for money and business dealings and work and family and community and possessions and relationships and how we use our speech and how we use our time. And as we come to the end of the book, we're meant to be asking the questions, how do I put all this together? What does this look like lived out? That's what this picture is. It's not telling women, this is what you should look like. It's picturing a wise, godly character that transcends time and gender and circumstances and outcomes in life and resources and opportunities. It's giving a picture of a pattern of life. It's wisdom lived out. It's wisdom personified. So the lessons are for everyone. And the key that tells us that is in verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, in ancient literature, women were praised for their charm and their beauty and not much else. In ancient literature, women were viewed simply as decoration, as arm candy for men. This is an intentional contrast that is raising the value and the dignity of women. It, it gives direction and hope 
not just for women, but for all of us. Because the writer is saying what is praiseworthy, what matters is fear of the Lord lived out in everyday life. And that gives me hope because that's something I can get better at. Right? I'm getting to a point in life where things are on the downhill slide, especially as far as charm and beauty go. Right? It doesn't get better from here on out. Right now, it's just sort of trying to maintain the status quo. And what happens to all of us, men and women, as we age, is that we are going to become weaker and less attractive and less successful and less a model on the outside of of what people aspire to be. But we can always grow in wisdom. And in fact, age actually gives us an advantage. We can grow in fear of the Lord which is that deep-seated reverence and awe for God that's combined with a commitment to listen and follow what he says. Wisdom is aligning ourselves with God and the way that he has ordered this world and meant for us and everything to work. And out of that posture flows a life of blessing. Did, Did you get that? I think that's really the big idea in this passage that the wise are a blessing. The wise are a blessing. And when you look at the passage that way, it just jumps off the page, right? This is a person whose life is shaped by taking God's wisdom, putting it into practice to love and serve and make a good difference in other people's lives. The author is taking everything that's been said in Proverbs, summarizing us and showing us what it looks like in down-to-earth everyday life. So what does that look like? Well, starting in verse verse 10, uh, the writer is saying the wise are trustworthy. The wise are a blessing because they are trustworthy. An excellent wife, who can find? She's more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. He will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Now, Amelia and I were talking about this passage this morning even, and we both kind of laughed and said, we're really glad it doesn't say she does him good every day of her life. Because there are days in marriage where we don't do a great job of doing good to each other. It's talking about the course, the direction, the pattern of a life here. And this valiant woman has a character that leads her husband to trust her at the core of his being. He has no doubts about her commitment, her faithfulness, because as we saw, she manages the household, she engages in business dealing, she makes investments, she does good to him with her life. You probably know what it is, hopefully, to have someone that's close to you whom you can trust and be at peace with. You don't have any questions about them. You can let your guard down. You're you're safe in their presence. I mean, that's what Proverbs has been talking about. In, In chapter 18, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A man of many companions will come I'm sorry, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. In chapter 13, to choose a friend who is wise, whom you can trust, is a huge thing. 
because our lives are shaped by the people that we let in around us. So choose your friends carefully, the writer is saying. Look for people who are trustworthy, people who are seeking God's wisdom and trying to live it out. Look for people whose lives you would want to emulate. Look for friends who demonstrate loyalty, especially when we go off the rails and get it wrong. Because the wounds of a friend can be trusted. You need to have people in your life who love you enough that you can trust what they say to you when you're doing something stupid or foolish or sinful. And when they have to say hard things to you, you can hear the criticism because you know that they love you and they want what's good for you. Wise people offer critique, not out of anger, not out of frustration, not out of resentment, not out of envy, not because you've wounded them or they, you're taking away something that they want. Wise people offer loving criticism because they want what's best for you. Are you a trustworthy person? That's what Jesus is like. He is the friend that not only sticks closer than a brother, but who loves us enough to tell us the hard truth about ourselves and we can trust his words. The wise are a blessing because they're trustworthy. And then the wise are diligent. That comes out all over this passage and all through the book of Proverbs, right? She seeks wool and flax and works it with willing hands. She rises while it's night and provides food for her household. She considers a field and buys it, and with the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and, strength and makes her arms strong. She engages in, in sales. She, she, her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the distaff and the spindle. You know, there's an old saying that says, uh, the only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. Now, for those who've been reading through Proverbs over the summer, you know that this is a huge theme in Proverbs. In all labor, there's profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty, and on and on and on. Hard work does not guarantee success or wealth or profit. Some of the hardest working people I know are poor because of circumstances often outside their control. But sloth is a foolishness that Proverbs warns us against. It's this lack of concern, lack of care for oneself, for others. It's apathy, it's passivity, it's inertia. It's the sin of omission, not doing the things that we could or that we ought to do. And wise people know that God has given us gifts of time and talents and opportunities and relationships to use for good. Wise people see beyond themselves and their desires to a larger vision of the people that they could bless with their lives. Wisdom is displayed in patience and endurance and hope. God is saying, don't give up. Just like Jesus was faithful to go all the way to the cross. He's trustworthy. And that's what wisdom looks like emulated in our lives. Diligence to what God has called us to do. And the wise are a blessing because they're compassionate. Verse 20, she opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. There is a temptation for those of us who are hardworking and dependable and 
you know, do what we're supposed to do. It can be easy to look down on people who aren't as dependable, aren't as faithful, who don't work as hard. And when we see things not working out for them, it can be easy to feel, well, you know, they're getting what they deserve. If only they were as hardworking and dependable as me, then they'd get a better outcome in life. And maybe we're not sure that they will use our help wisely, and it can make us hard-hearted and closed-fisted. Proverbs has a lot of warnings about sloth and laziness and foolishness, but it does not tell us to only help the poor who have measured up to our standards of diligence and labor. God does not tell us to only help the hardworking poor or the deserving needy. God causes it to rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is the one who is generous to the poor, Proverbs have told us. Part of growing in wisdom is growing in compassion and kindness and generosity. It's seeing people in need and responding. And man, it's been amazing to see the way that has worked out over this last year at Faith Church. In the middle of a pandemic, in, in the middle of need and isolation, people have responded so generously with aid to Lebanon and to Venezuela and providing resources for discipleship in Kenya and outreach through partner churches of Kiev Theological Seminary and our benevolence fund, I think, has more money than it probably ever has at the same time that we've been giving out more money than we ever have. The bucket just keeps getting filled and we can't pour it out fast enough. What an awesome, awesome expression of the wisdom of compassion. Uh, Amelia, like a lot of women, was uh, really pleasantly surprised and encouraged this last year to come home and, and find a little bag hanging from the doorknob of our house or maybe from your apartment for some of you. It was from the Women of Faith Ministry. It had some treats in it and a little note saying, we love you and we're praying for you. That was dozens and dozens and dozens of gift bags and lots of organization and miles traveled and purchases uh, of supplies and coordination and planning and lots of prayers. That is an expression of diligence and trustworthiness, compassion, faithfulness. It doesn't have to be a huge project. The wise are a blessing because they reflect the character of Jesus. And as a result, the wise bring blessing to the people all around him or her. Look, look at the last third of this passage. The wise bless their families. In verse 21, she, she's not afraid of snow for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Now, a translation note, the end of verse 21, the, the scarlet, uh, if, if we read it just slightly differently in the Hebrew, it could mean they are uh, clothed in uh, double clothing, uh, double thickness which maybe makes more sense in the context of snow. Uh, but in any case, this is a person that is looking to the future, anticipating needs, and planning ahead and providing for people around her. And, and it's, you notice it's not just utilitarian. It's not just the cheapest and most efficient way to do things. That's maybe the significance of the scarlet. That's certainly what the, the purple and fine linen is about. 
the wise don't throw money around, but there's also no wisdom in buying, but there's also wisdom in buying and making nice things because God is a God of beauty. God has given us creative gifts to, to reflect his goodness and his creativity. This person blesses people around her and provides for them with gifts and skills. And she brings respect and admiration to her husband. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. The, the city gates were like the town square, right? Okay, so this is where all the important people gather to discuss the events of the day, to, to share wisdom, to share opinions on current events, to make judgments, to conduct business deals. And, and so this man who's known among the gates and sits with the elders says he's admired, he's respected. People look up to him, they listen to him because of what his wife is doing. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? She does him good. He will have no lack of gain from her. This is an, a picture of a person who is blessed because of their spouse's faithfulness, because of their spouse's wisdom, their diligence, their compassion. You know, one of the qualifications to, to be a leader in God's church is that they should have a good reputation with outsiders. Wise followers of Jesus are, are a credit to their family, to their community, to their neighborhood, to their church, to the cause of Christ. And if the church is the bride of Christ, then we should be the bride that brings honor to Jesus, our husband, our spouse. They have no fear of the future. I love this in the end of verse 25. She laughs at the time to come. What a great image, right? When you think about the future, is there a sense of confidence, security, hope, anticipation? Maybe not what's going to happen in our country. Maybe not what's happening around the world. Maybe not what happens in the financial markets. But do you have a future, a hope in your future in Jesus? What can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Tribulation, nakedness, famine, danger, peril, sword, persecution? No, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. More than conquerors through him who loved us. What, what can the world do to us? If God is with us, who can be against us? That, that's how you laugh at the future. That, that's how you have confidence in the face of all the craziness going on in the world and in your life. That's wisdom. And the wise bless their communities. She makes linen garments in verse 24 and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. She, she makes stuff. She, she produces things that are a blessing and a benefit and a value to other people. This is the, the blessing of good, honest labor that, that serves the flourishing of the community and, and the good of people around. Whether it's medical care or car repair or, or sales or, or child rearing or caregiving or uh, music or writing or handcrafts or mowing lawns or running a lemonade stand or, or being a student, whatever it is. Honest work, helpful service, a good attitude and an intention to bless other people around us. Those are gifts. That's how we love our neighbor. That's how we reflect the kingdom. And her words bless others. She opens her mouth with wisdom in verse 26. 
This wise person grows in knowledge, but she doesn't keep it to herself. Whether or not you have a title of teacher, whether or not you have a formal role, if you comment online, if you open your mouth and talk to people, if you share an opinion, you're teaching, you're instructing in some way. We're opening our mouths as teachers. And Proverbs is saying, make sure that what's coming out is wisdom. Her hands bless the needy. We, we saw that in verse 20. Think about how you have been blessed at times in your life when you were in need, when you didn't know where to turn, when you were hurting, when, when you were lonely, when you didn't have a way of solving the problem. Maybe it was a meal train. Maybe, maybe it was part of... Uh, Someone just showing up and dropping something off at your doorstep. Maybe it's a word of encouragement that someone gave to you. To bless the needy, that's what we're going to learn about next weekend in this event with Matthew Sorens. I mean, we need biblical wisdom to know what faithfulness, justice, and compassion looks like with the nations coming here. It doesn't mean we throw open the gates, and it doesn't mean we slam the door in their faces. How do we balance those things? What does it look like to show compassion to the needy? That's what we're going to look at. The wise people bless the needy and pour out grace. The, the teaching of kindness is on her tongue in verse 26. That's literally Torah chesed, the instruction of God's covenant faithfulness, his undiminished undeserved grace and kindness to us. Wise people have known God's grace for themselves and they reflect it to others. And the wise then are blessed themselves. Did you notice that? This wise person shares in the blessing that she has poured out to others. Her diligence, her kindness, she, she lives in this household that she has built out of wisdom. And then other people acknowledge her wisdom and goodness. She's honored and praised by her family and community. In verse 28, many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. I was fascinated to learn that for centuries, this passage, this whole thing that we've read today, is, has been part of the weekly Jewish Sabbath or the Shabbat meal. The section is recited not by women as their list of things that they're supposed to be living up to, but by the men and the children in the household as praise and as an expression of love and gratitude for honoring the blessing that these women have brought to the family. What if we did that? I mean, I, what if we did that literally? Like you could take this passage and it could become a habit, like a weekly habit of offering encouragement to people in your household, or, or maybe at least in concept. Who are the people that, that need, maybe deserve to hear encouragement, praise, recognition, blessing, for them being a blessing? That's what God says to us in Jesus Christ. You were loved. You were delighted in. You were righteous. You were mine. You were wise because of Christ. And then as we live that out, God wants us to know the blessing of hearing those words of praise and affirmation and encouragement. This is not a formula or a guarantee, right? This is the way life is supposed to work. 
But we are people who have been messed up by sin, living in a world that's messed up by sin, and living with other people who are messed up by sin. So we don't get it right. You can faithfully follow God. You can seek to be a blessing to others and and not have life work out this way. Because you can serve faithfully and with compassion and diligence and maybe never be recognized. But Jesus knows. He knows. He knows your heart. I know your service, he says. I, I know your good deeds. Well done, good and faithful. Lord, when did we see you hungry or naked or in prison or thirsty and, and serve you? You did it, and I saw it, Jesus says. You may not have a future that you can count on in terms of financial security or, or even someone to spend the years of your life with. But you have a Savior who says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And you have a church family. You may not have the opportunities that others have to bless people around you, but God has you where you are for a reason. You may not have the husband or wife of your dreams. You may be struggling in a difficult marriage. You may long for a spouse and children that you don't have. But you have a family. The wisdom of Proverbs is not a promise. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to life to the kind of life that God has in himself and that that he wants us to have and to reflect out of us. None of us live up to it. It's an ideal. It's it's like looking at Jesus, right? I, I mean, this kind of is Jesus who is wisdom. We'll never achieve likeness to Jesus in this life. But, but we keep heading that way. We keep pursuing it. We, we keep running that way because that's what life is. That's what God designed us for. That, that faith church could be a community like this, uh, of wisdom, of people who are seeking the Lord and following him together. That faith church could be a community of faithfulness and diligence and compassion. That we could count on each other. That, that we're working together with the energy that God provides that we show grace to one another and to the world around us, that that we would be a community that blesses each other and the world around us, and that brings blessing to us too. The wise are a blessing. The wise are a blessing. Be wise. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us so much. That you would give us your word to guide us in real wisdom in everyday life, what it looks like lived out. And thank you that you sent Jesus the living word to not only show us, but to do what we couldn't do for ourselves. Lord, none of us are righteous and faithful and diligent and compassionate and a blessing to others like we ought to be, but Jesus is. And he helps us. So Lord, help us to seek your wisdom, not just to know it, but to live it out, to be the wise people who hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice that we could reflect more of what he is like. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our wisdom and our life. We pray in your name. Amen.